This is the SCT Show. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana. Nope, GM fucking bat 1000. It's not, it's never, it's not possible. You can't bat 1000. And Nam Man. Jim's like literally like probably struggling. Like, what, what is this? Nobody told me that there's math involved in this job. <laughs> Season 2. Yo, yo, welcome to the SCT show, episode 5, yeah, I think so. episode 5, uh, we're live too, by the way, we're live yeah. on Periscope, YouTube, and uh, no, I'm not Nam Man, just to let you guys know, yeah. this is not what Nam looks like, uh, Tamper's got a different look though. Yeah, I know, um, mistake, you know, um, trying to do my beard by myself and uh, not wanting to go to the barber and then... Uh, happens once a year you fuck it up and then you gotta shave it all off and now i look like uh, a 17 year old kid it happens and once a year yeah <laughs> it happens uh, no. it happens once a year to everyone man i'm pretty oh. sure you're gonna have to shave yours pretty soon no, I unless you just depend on your barber all the time no i don't but, uh, but uh, i don't think i've had to shave since uh i don't know maybe about four four years ago i don't know i, I usually try to just do it myself sometimes and i've been pretty successful and the last uh, all year, to be honest, like I did, like I might have fucked up last year, and then I shaved it all off, and then uh, I was going pretty good this year, and then by the end of the year, it's gone. Maybe I'll just, uh, maybe I'll just grow it out till the Canucks win the cup now, or do I just? Uh, you might be waiting a while. You <laughs> know why? Be, uh, because this is an average hockey team. Average. What a crazy article! What a crazy reaction! The article actually wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was. Gotta be honest. The article was pretty good. I didn't read it because I don't like that guy. Whatever, what's his name? Jackson McCock? Or was it Jackson? I have no clue. I have no clue, but um, I'm not a big fan of that guy. Um, you know, he just seems to write articles to get a reaction out of people. And, and I agree. Uh, the team may be your average right now, but, you know, they're trending up. The kids are looking good. Quinn Hughes is playing at an elite level. He's a top 10 defenseman in the league right now, the way he's playing. Um, obviously, Elias Pettersson is still racking up points. Um, JT Miller has been a a great accusation. It looks like Acqui- well, it's still pretty early. Accusation, pretty accusation, yeah. Uh, accusation. accusation, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a new word. Yeah, I was trying to make up my own my new word there, but uh, honestly, like JT Miller's been good, and uh, the team has been playing pretty well, and they've been scoring at an elite level. Um, they don't defend well, and they don't defend leads no, well. Yeah. But uh, they they're growing, man. They're uh, you gotta learn how to play as a team, and they're they're learning as the season goes, and they're getting better each each game. I feel like. I have to say though, the team is average. <laughs> you really, you believe it? The team okay, they are average right now because like you said, they're fifteen and fifteen. They're fifteen off you said that. and fifteen. Yeah, that is an average hockey team. Yeah, they are trending to be above average, but yeah. currently they're an average well, hockey the team. Calgary Flames just okay. beat that Colorado Avalanche for the first time in like ten years. It feels like, um, and without Kale McCarr, by the way. Just to not give Calgary mm-hmm. any props, but yeah, um, the Aval- uh, the Calgary Flames just beat the Avalanche to hop the Canucks in the standings. But Vegas and Calgary both have two uh, have played two more games than the Canucks. The San Jose Sharks have played one more game than the Canucks, and they have two less points. So the Canucks are actually looking like in a pretty good position um, if they can make you know make it, take advantage of the games in hand. So I, I I'm pretty confident to be honest and. 
the Leafs tomorrow. The Leafs tomorrow. I'm pretty Leafs pumped. Tomorrow. Huge game. Pretty pumped. Huge game. Any game involving Toronto's always a big game. Oh yeah, always a big game. Right. Uh, but I do want to say, I would say there's probably four levels for for franchise. Is that the right word to say? Um, there's poor teams. Yeah. Then there would be average teams. Yeah. Then there would be above average teams. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that are average. Like, look at yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs right now are an average They're team. Average They're right an now. average team. Um, do you look at the standings right now in the, in the Eastern and the Western Conference? There are a bunch of teams just, like, in that 7th or is it 6th to, like, 11th, 12th spot. There's, like, six teams in each, like, yeah. six to, like, where, where, wherever they are in standings. They're all, like, two to, like, one point apart. Two, three, or, like, one, two, three point apart. apart. Yeah. And uh, that right there just shows you that the league is really tight. And those games, those two points are very important. And even getting a point in overtime is important. The league is very tight. That sounds like a Francesco Aquilini tweet. Yeah. It really does. Very tight. But no, okay. There's average teams. There's above average teams. And there's elite level teams. Right? Vancouver is not elite. You know who else is an elite right now? Tampa Bay is not elite. They just got beat 5-1. And they were an elite team last year. Yeah. Do you know why they're not elite? Why are they not elite? JT Miller. <laughs> okay. Okay. JT Miller. They're is missing the JT Miller. Hate it or not, they are. Are they missing? Are they missing Ryan Callahan? Sure it, it's I'm not Ryan Callahan. It's not Ryan Callahan, right? It's definitely JT Miller. I'm sure they he are. He was a bigger Miller. part of their team than people think, and yes. he was playing first unit power play. Yep. He was help, helping a young kid in Anthony Anthony Sorelli, um, uh, you know, make a, uh, take advantage of the league and playing a third line center, and he's fit in perfectly. With uh, Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser, and he could go down to the second line and play with Bo Horvat, and he could take faceoffs. He is a a really good player, and at that time, you may have not liked the deal, but you're fucking lying if you don't like it right now. You are lying. You are fucking lying. (laughs) Fucking camera. (laughs) You're Um, lying. Yeah, I mean, I did not like the trade at the time, right? I will admit, because I feel like. I didn't honestly. I wasn't a fan of the trade, but I was willing to give it a chance, like a real fan, <laughs> and not fucking hate on the trade for months and just talk about how you're the smartest person on Twitter. Are Good you, for you, buddy. Who you're are smart. You, who are you talking about right now? I'm not talking about anyone. I'm talking oh. about a lot of people. Okay, Stein. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out <laughs> Stein, by the way. He's a great follow. Yeah, he's he a is. great follow. Great follow. Um. Yeah, so JT Miller trade. I was not a fan at the time. I think I tweeted about it saying right. something like, oh, you don't have to give up a first-round pick for a guy who they were trying to shed salary, right? Yeah. Um, look, it's turned out really good. JT Miller's Well, a team a like Detroit player. was in the was in the running to get JT Miller, yeah. and they weren't willing to give up that first-round pick. And guess what? They're they, probably like, we should have gave up that yeah, first-round pick. You, you don't know. Did, what is not. JT Miller's worth right now? What is his worth right now? Like, are we gonna? Could we get a first-round pick in return for JT Miller right now? We Probably, fuck yeah. yeah, we could. Yeah, you could. We could get a fucking first round pick yeah, right now. Yeah. We could probably get more not than nine. a first round pick <laughs> right now. Yet. We actually have an asset now. I'm not saying trade JT Miller. Oh, so you're not saying to sell high? I'm not saying trade <laughs> JT Miller. I'm just no, saying of course, of course, of course. we have the a better player on our team yep. than Tampa did last. Like he's a better player on Vancouver than he was on Tampa because he wasn't getting the opportunity in Tampa. He was getting first unit power play, but he wasn't playing many five on five minutes. Right over here on the mm-hmm. Canucks, he's playing in every situation. He's even killing penalties and he's doing a great job at killing penalties. He's been a very, very, very valuable player for us. And we don't actually even know who the player is that the, uh, the, the pick that Tampa, you know, the, the player that Tampa uh, takes in that with that pick. Mm-hmm. So, like when you say that the trade was bad at that time, 
You don't even know who the fucking player is, and you're already, you know, saying that the trade is bad. I know first-round picks are valuable, and I know the Canucks need to be stocking up on picks and whatever. You can make that argument, and I agree. Like, you know, more picks, the better, especially with the scouting staff and the way they've drafted in, in the last few years. But you got to look at the players that you have right now, and he's helping your team win. He's not just helping... He's helping like the young players in Pedersen, Hughes, Besser. The power play looks amazing. Like this power play is the best power play in the league right now. Ever since Quinn Hughes has been put on that power play, the numbers suggest that they've been the best. And a lot of that has to do with JT Miller too. That shot, that one T. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was Petey. Yeah, I mean, that was I don't a know. sick did one T. Did you think that JT Miller could shoot like that? No, but apparently a lot of players on on Tampa, Stamkos, and. Uh, point and all those guys said that you have a good shot man you gotta use it more you only had 13 goals last year he already has 13 goals like he has 13 goals right now we're not even fucking we're not even chris in christmas yet ridiculous this this guy is fucking awesome i love him yeah well speaking of like that they should be stocking up on first round picks and whatnot i think that time's over yeah for, for for this team it's time to actually proper Go and try for the playoffs, but it's essentially that trade was made because Jim Ben was trying to save his job, right? Pretty much, because I don't believe that. You don't believe that. You, so you don't think if they missed the playoffs this year that the ownership would have said, "Hey, you've had five, six it years." Depends at it. how they missed the playoffs. Well, well, you missed the playoffs. You missed the playoffs. Yeah, no, you missed the play, but you can miss the playoffs like the Habs, or you can miss the playoffs like the Edmonton Oilers the last few years. So if they if they're on the bubble and they just barely missed out on the playoffs, yeah. Would you think, that, and they didn't have JT Miller on this team. This is before that trade. Do you think that that Francesco would have said, hey, cool, like we'll we'll give you another year? So no JT Miller and then missed the playoffs yeah. like the Habs? Yeah. <laughs> then Jimbo's keeping his job for sure. Hmm. This year, yeah, he did raise the stakes a little bit. And even Travis has a little bit more pressure on him because this is the first year where he's had an actual, actual team to coach. Yeah. So like uh, there's a lot more pressure on him as well. But obviously the – Everybody's going to look at Jimbo first. He's been here longer. Um, he's built this team um, since, what, 2015 now? 2014, 2015? 2014, yeah. And uh, there's been, been some rough times for sure. And the team's been, you know, it's been hard to watch. And last year was actually the first time, and a lot of it had to do with Pedersen and Besser and Horvat. But last year was like one of the first years where I was actually having fun watching Canucks hockey. And I know it didn't lead to a playoff spot. But they were in it for, for a long time. They still gave you hope. And as a fan, that's all you could really ask for is hope. And right now, I have even more hope than last year. And I'll probably have more hope the following year. I know the cap situation is fucked up right now. And there's a bunch of players that uh, that are, you know, we have a glut of forwards that we don't know where to put them in the lineup. And, you know, that's that's something good to have. That's, that's called depth. You know, like, there's going to be times where... A player that you don't want scratched might get scratched, right? That's because we have depth. And guys like Josh Lebel is stepping up. Tanner Pearson is stepping up. My boy Jake has six points in five games. He's stepping up. Anton Roussel comes back into the lineup. He has three goals in two games. He's stepping up. Adam Gaudet's putting up points. He's stepping up. Bo Horvat, he's been good on the power play. You want to see more five-on-five five progression, but he has been stepping up when you, as a leader. Elias Pettersson is doing what you thought he would do. Brock Besser is doing fine. JT Miller is, you know, exceeding expectations. The team has been playing well. Obviously, defending leads has been a problem, but I think that will get better as the season goes. The team's been playing well. They're obviously still probably a bubble team, no? 
Yeah, we're a bubble team. I would say they'll be a bubble team. And it can go either way. They might miss the playoffs. They might not miss the playoffs. But I still think if they if they do miss the playoffs, I don't think you fire Jim Benning. I don't think depends this is the year you that you do the playoffs. Again, it depends well, how you miss the playoffs. It depends. But they look like they'll be a bubble team. But yeah. I don't think this was the year where you would say to Jim, hey, if you don't make the playoffs, you're gone. I think You don't say that to no, anyone. You I give would, him a contract. You know, like J- Francesco Aquilini is a very smart guy. I'll tell you him that. He's a very smart guy. You know, he, he gave him the contract, just like he gave Torts the contract, and whatever happens throughout the season and by the end of the year, he don't give a fuck. He'll do whatever he needs, you know, what he needs to do to make this team improve going forward, and and Francesco will fire Jimbo if the season doesn't go as planned. You know, and if it is playoffs, and if it's only playoffs, then and they miss the playoffs with the Habs, that's a questionable call, but that's totally up to him that's ultimately up to him like to make that decision and as the owner he has a right but i really think that travis green deserves an extra year after this if they miss playoffs i think that he's a good coach and you got to give him actually another year to coach a good team you know like he's first time he's actually had a good team so it's not fair to fire him in my opinion yeah but i'm not talking about travis green i'm talking about about jim benning and that if they don't make the playoffs this year that's fine because this was the first year where they actually looked like an average hockey team yeah a proper team that would be next year but anyway we'll get more into that in just a second we've got Harmon dial on the line from the athletic vancouver uh Harmon, are you there yeah i'm, I'm doing well guys how are what's you? going on man uh we're, we're good we're good tanbeer he's been uh you know he's been excited this season there's a lot to be excited about in uh canucks nation wouldn't you say yeah it's been it's been fun to watch right Harmon? like you you're loving the goal scoring aren't you i mean yeah i after um it, it's been a rough go of it over the past few years and in the fact that we're seeing a hockey team now that's uh consistently able to compete with the best teams in in the league and, and the fact that they are not only doing that, but they're doing it in an exciting way. There's uh, lots of goals for, lots of goals against, pretty uh, up and down roller coaster type hockey, but uh, definitely a lot more entertaining than years past. Uh, that I can say for sure. All right, I need somebody to settle this once and for all. Is this still an average team? Yeah, I think if um, if you look right across the board, um, their underlying numbers have slipped. Um, I think. Uh, I think they can be an above-average team as far as uh, special teams are, are are concerned, especially on that power play. But, you know, I think they're middle of the pack right now, and it reflects that way through the standings, and we're talking about a hockey club right now that hasn't had to uh, go through significant injuries. Um, of course, Edler being a recent one now, but for the most part, they've been relatively healthy, and I think a lot of things are going right for them. Like, I don't think you can point at the roster and, and, and point out a lot of guys that are underperforming. And to me, if most of the guys are performing well, if your team's mostly healthy, if the underlying signs mostly support where they are in the standings right now, then that's an average team. I remember talking to you uh, last uh, season uh, on the SCT show, season one, and you said that Travis Dermott would be the best defenseman on this team right now. Do you still feel that way? <laughs> there's no way he's better than Quinn Hughes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, after that, I think I'd probably take him over uh, Tyler Myers. I mean, Edler's had a really good bounce back campaign. And I think that the, the thing with Dermot is um, I think it, he's in a bit of an unfortunate situation in Toronto because he's another left shot guy behind Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin. Uh, so we're not really seeing how how he'll hold up in top competition, but I really like Dermot as a player for sure. 
Um, how are you liking that third line right now with Roussel, um, uh, Godet, and Vertanen? Like, I feel like they score off the rush very well. Something that this team has been missing, and it's really odd because last year they scored a lot more goals off the rush than they did um, those dirty goals that that Travis Green won in the score this season. And I feel like they've scored a lot more of those dirty goals this year and less off the rush. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that third line? Uh, I, I think I like it for the time being. Um, as you mentioned, I think they're good off the counterattack. The one thing I would say, however, is that they're on a bit of a shooting percentage better, uh, bender. Um, so things, they've certainly um, been the benefactor of, no, sorry, the beneficiary of some, of some luck. And so um, in that in that sense, I think they're being a little overhyped right now. Like to me, I really like what Roussel brings to the table. Not only because he meshes well uh, with Goddard and Vertanen as another guy who could play a north-south game, and and uh, he's a really underrated playmaker in transition. But I think I, I think in the long term, you're still missing a little bit of of that two-way element. I think both Goddard and Vertanen um, have some deficiencies in their defensive game. So to me, I like it right now simply because um, out of the remaining options that are available. But I do think in an ideal world, um, you'd probably have uh, at least one, if not two more top six wingers, and you'd be able to bump down the, the likes of uh, Josh Levo and Tanner Pearson to the third line. Would JT Miller, I guess, be kind of the ideal player that you would want a guy like uh, Jake Vertanen and uh, Gaudet to be? Uh, I like, uh, to be quite honest, I think J.P. Miller has proven himself now that he belongs in the top six. I think, um, sure, in in a fantasy land where you have uh, a bunch of top six wingers, it, you wouldn't mind throwing him uh, with Goddard and Vertanen. But I just think right now, as it stands, the Canucks' winger depth um, is just too thin um, to be able to bump him down in, in the lineup. And even if the Canucks had that winger depth, it's clear what he's able to produce um, with Pedersen and Besser. So I think he's fine where he is. Um, although, I I mean, he's a hell of a hockey player. He'd help out any line, to be quite to, to be quite honest with you. How are they scoring so many goals right now? Like, I did not expect this. Like, I thought they, like, they would be average at scoring goals, but I think there's one thing we could agree on. They're elite at scoring goals right now, aren't they? Uh, they have been through 30 games. Yeah, and, and I think a big part of it is the fact that they're... I think for one, they're moving the puck out of the zone way better than they have in years past. I think if, um, even if you look at a lot of what went wrong defensively last year, it was because they had the likes of Eric Branson and Derek Pouliot, those two in particular, who just couldn't move the puck out from their own zone. And what would happen is, um, they're just trapped and hemmed in their own end and, and they're leaking a ton of chances and, they're, not, they're just not able to advance the play, uh, advance the puck up the ice. So now you subtract those two and you add Quinn Hughes to the, to the equation. And you've gone from being one of the worst uh, blue lens in the league as far as pushing play up the ice to perhaps an average one. So I think that's a, that's a big reason why um, they've produced a lot more offensively is because they're spending a lot more of their time uh, in the offensive zone. I think their forecheck has been a lot better. Um, in the sense that that's another reason why they're spending a lot more time in the attacking end is uh, the fact that they're making breakouts hard for the uh, opposing team. And uh, beyond that, I think everyone in the top nine just seems to be clicking offensively right now. Like, there isn't really a player who you can point at and say, 
a I'd like a little bit more production out of this guy. I mean, we're, we've seen. I mean, maybe Josh Levo and Tanner Pearson would, would have been those guys a month ago, but both have have seemed to catch fire um, over the past few weeks. Levo's got four goals in his past five games. Um, obviously, the the lot line has been excellent. Maybe you could see a little bit more out of Bo Horvat uh, at even strength, but that's just nit- nitpicking. Um, and even you go down the lineup, um, Goddard, Vertanen, uh, Roussel now, they're all chipping in offensively, and uh, I'll be curious to see how sustainable that is moving forward. Now, obviously, when you add Quinn Hughes to your, your group, your your transition game will improve. I've got a, compl- I've got a player comparison there for you for Quinn Hughes, and I wanted, want to know your thoughts about this one. When I see Quinn Hughes, I think of Lubomir Vishnovsky. Uh, to be quite honest, I haven't. I, I didn't see like he was a bit before my time, mm-hmm. so I didn't actually catch uh, a lot of Lubomir. So I wouldn't be able to speak on on that comparison. But um, what I can say is he's definitely um, like he, he's a rover on the ice. He's built in that um, the the one comp uh, the one comp uh, Alex Biega gave me in terms of what he's able to do strictly in the offensive zone, and this is, of course, ignoring size and things like that, is Roman Yossi. Uh, just in the fact that both those guys love to create plays um, uh, down low and, and activating down the half wall. They love searching for passes to the slot. Uh, just tremendous skaters who can escape pressure um, in- incredibly well. And, and so that was the comp that um, Bega gave me, but t- to be quite honest, I don't think there really is a, a, a comp for Hughes that fits um, fits quite uh, quite the way I'd like, just because he's such a unique player. Uh, not only because, I mean, a lot of people talk about his, um, his skating, and rightly so, but it's not necessarily how fast he is in a straight line, but the details as far as his edge work, uh, his turns... Um, and, and just the overall elusiveness that he brings to the table. And so uh, I, I don't know if there's one defenseman in the league that you can point at right now and, and say that that's uh, a fairly bang on uh, comparison for him. And I know you've noticed this, and I've noticed it a lot and since the Edmonton game, to be honest. Um, Quinn Hughes has looked incredible defensively. We all know about his o- offensive game and how like how great it is and how elite it is. But man, the way he's been defending in the last few games—not just against like you know bums—I'm talking about guys like top players like Leon Draisaitl. I feel like he's learning throughout the season, and he like last like last episode on the SCT show, I said that Edler is still probably the best defenseman on this team, uh, just overall defenseman. But Quinn Hughes has taken the mantle; like he has been incredible defensively, and he's impressed me more defensively in the last ten games than he has offensively. I know that's hard to do, but. You, you expect that offensive game from him, right? But that defensive game, he's been winning board battles, moving the puck up the ice like like he always does. But then he's just been good with his stick. I don't know, Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think, to be quite honest, um, I think it's sort of similar to what we saw from Pedersen last year defensively in that mm-hmm. I think if you watched Quinn Hughes as a prospect, everyone that, everyone that watched him consistently, and including myself, um, everyone was raving about the fact that this is not only um, an incredibly uh, electric offensive player, but he was an above-average player throughout his his college career. And, and you even saw it in his draft year 
when he suited up for uh, the United States at the World Championships. I watched him play against Team Canada, and he was incredible. I mean, he would play tight gaps in the neutral zone. Um, I saw him strip Bo Horvat of the puck a couple times because Horvat was playing for Team Canada at the time. And obviously, he was playing um, limited minutes, but you could tell that this is a really mature defensive player. And even uh, going back to his time at the University of Michigan, he was trusted out to defend late leads, and I remember tweeting about that once. But that that's a big that's a big uh, that's a big sign and an indicator that a coach trusts a guy uh, defensively to close out leads. And, and to me, that was telling right away. Now, did I expect him to be this good defensively right away? No, I, I think um, it would have taken him perhaps a little bit longer to associate himself and, and just become familiar with the right reads. Um, but I thought that this level of de- defensive performance was certainly attainable. And I think it's, again, it goes back to the, to the Pedersen thing where people over in Sweden, when they watched him, they thought he was incredible away from the puck. And so I, I just think people didn't um, see him as a prospect. And uh, I mean, you don't really expect fans to, to closely monitor um, guys. I mean, those types of players plays are never going to make it on the highlight reel, but uh, that's a skill set of of his that I think he's held throughout his his time as a draft prospect, and it's nice to see it uh, blossom at the NHL level. How are you? Um, how are you liking Brock's game right now? And I know people uh, he has like four goals in the last like was it since like November or something, or like early November. Um, I'm not sure. I actually don't have the stats in front of me right now. But how are you liking his game? Because there's times where. His shot doesn't look like he has the same velocity on it as his rookie year, but then there's times where he scores goals. Um, like there was one goal right off the rush on the power play. He sniped it, and you're just like, damn, he still has it, but it's not there as much as it was in his rookie year. Would you agree? Um, I don't know. I think, in my opinion, he's just the type of player who he's a poacher, and the fact that he's not, a dynamic skater, the fact that he doesn't have the best hands. Um, he's not a flashy player by any means. So to me, he's the type of guy who, um, and, and he's not going to really drive play as far as he's not going to carry the puck through the neutral zone. He's kind of like a poacher. Um, and so to me, he's the type of guy who, who sort of, he lurks in the shadows of, of guys like Pedersen and um, and Hughes because of the fact that he's not dynamic. And so his game to me is one where it's not going to lend itself. Like he's not going to have the flashy geeks. Um, and, and the one thing to keep in mind compared to his rookie season is teams have like teams figure out pretty fast. I mean, we, we even saw it mid season with Pedersen. They're just not going to give him that time and space. Um, that he had before. So to me, I just think Brock's an example of a player who, because of, because of the characteristics that he has in his game, he's never going to be someone who stands out by the eye test. But the fact that he has incredible offensive instincts, like to me, the, the, the most underrated part of his game is, um, is how consistently he's able to anticipate uh, plays in front of the net and get those goals close to the net. Like, I think a lot of people associate Brock with a shot, but I feel like his instincts, um, whether it's corralling rebounds or, or just being able to find the soft spots in the defense's, defense's coverage, he gets a lot of goals that don't find themselves on the highlight reels. He's not scoring them in a flashy way. 
And so that's why a lot of times people, like, he might look average throughout a game. He, he might have a couple of errant passes, but then you look at the box score at the end of the game and, and he might have a goal or he might have a couple assists. So to me, he's been one of those players who um, I, I haven't personally seen uh, a ton of decline in, in his game. Um, is there another gear there? For sure. I think um, there's still a ways to go for him to round out his overall overall uh, 200-foot game. And um, I think there's still a little, a little bit of uh, refinement um, as far as his consistency. I think uh, sometimes his decision-making with the puck um, can uh, can be a little bit of a concern. But overall, he's 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 been extremely productive, and I'm not worried about him at all. If you were to uh, put money on it, um, who who ends up with the most goals on this team by the end of the year? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you are really putting me on the spot. Uh, I'd go with Brock. He he usually finds his game. Uh, like last year, I felt like he was playing his best hockey by the end of the year. So I'm just hoping that he will. Could he he would have led the team in goals last year if he played the whole year, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's 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 between him and Petey. To mm-hmm. me, realistically. Um, I think as long as is Miller is consistently on that line, uh, I don't think Pedersen's gonna feel the need to consistently shoot pucks, and I feel like he's gonna continue to be unselfish. So uh, Brock is kind of where I lean, and um, yeah, that's that, that that's where I'd go right now. But it could conceivably be either him or or Pedersen. JT Miller as a dark horse, no. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's right up there for the lead right now. I just think, um, I think we're, I, I think that's a bit much to expect from him. I think um, by the end of the season, uh, I think everyone would be stoked if if he hit thirty goals. And uh, I just think the, the the type of player he is for me, Miller has always been a pass first kind of guy. And I talked to him about it at training camp and. And he set his goals, his uh, his goal. I think it was twenty five goals, and, and he talked about how he maybe wanted to be a little bit more um, selfish with the puck and shoot a little bit more. And we're certainly seeing that. But I think his bread and butter has always been his his playmaking, and I think that's kind of gotten lost, um, or 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 kind of people just haven't appreciated it as much because he's uh, firing all these pucks in the back of the net, back of the net. But I think his his play style isn't really as a, as a sniper i think you'll really see him emerge as more of a a setup guy throughout the season well one last question for you Harmon. i can't believe we didn't even ask you this but what's going on with the team and not being able to hold leads like what do you think is the problem there because i am seeing sitting back and taking the gas off the off the pedal but what are you seeing what do the numbers it, say um to be quite honest i think it's i think it's a bit uh, overblown as uh, as a narrative as a storyline. I think for starters, if you look at the Washington game, they allowed they, that was the one where um, they allowed. I think it was three or four. They they blew a substantial lead, three or four goals, and um, oh, and I think in that uh, and I think in that one they only allowed like seven shots in the third period. And you go back and you look at all of all of those goals. There were like point shots or or just. That was just a bad luck game. They actually outchanced Washington um, in that third period. So to me, I chalked that one up um, as a combination of poor luck and just marks from head and off period. Um, you look at the one in Pittsburgh. That's the one where it's like this is. There were concern. There was concerning stuff there, but that's 
that's kind of a one-off, right? And uh, even in Buffalo, the fourth goal that they scored to, to make it 5-4, that was deflected off a few stick and went top shelf. And then, and then the fifth one was a point shot that went through. So it's kind of like they're not... I don't see them under siege a lot like they were in the Rangers game. Like if I saw a lot of a lot of what happened in the New York one, I'd be a little bit more concerned. I think um, it's certainly not a strength of theirs. I think when they go up uh, a goal, they really sit back a lot. But I think that's something that you kind of see around most teams in the National Hockey League. Like I don't think um, I don't I don't think that holding leads is necessarily a problem for the Canucks as a whole. I think um, today it got brought up that. Through October, there were 12 multi-goal uh, leads blown in the third period or something through October. So it's this is just the, the reality of, of the modern NHL to me. The the fact that there's a lot, um, the, the game is just way more offensive, a lot more speed and skill. I think there's certainly a level of maturity that, that you need to see from this group moving forward. Um, and they haven't done particularly well, but I do think it has been overblown. I think from a process standpoint, um, it's too early right now to say definitively that this is a problem because uh, at least in the Washington one and and to my eyes, even in the Buffalo one, those are two games where the leads that they blew, uh, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot that they, that they did wrong. Well, Harmon, great chat, great insight as always. Uh, I still can't believe you're too young for <laughs> Lubomir Vishnovsky. You make me feel old here. <laughs> um, you're going to have to take my word for that one and, uh, yeah, maybe watch some YouTube clips. Yeah, maybe I'll have to. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, thanks for, for, for doing this, Harmon. Absolutely. Thanks, Harm. That was Harmon Dial of The Athletic Vancouver, uh, one of the brightest minds in the city right now. Yeah. For sure. Lubomir yeah, How is he too young for Lubomir Vishnowski? I really can't I get remember him a little bit. But I a little bit? You're only a year younger than me. <laughs> I know. But I remember it. Like, I remember him as a small guy. I think Quinn's better. Come well, on. I mean, I don't know if Quinn's better yet. We don't know. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. only had like, you know, two seasons here. How many cups does Vishnowski, whatever How many cups does Quinn Hughes have? Zero. <laughs> they both have zero. I know, but I'm just saying, asking how many he had. I want to know if he's a good comparison because Quinn's going to have like two. They both have zero. <laughs> They both have zero. But yeah. Vishnovsky, one season in Anaheim. I have it up here. 18 goals, 50 assists in 60... No, in 81 games, sorry. Okay. Small bad. guy, great skater. Yeah, I, powerful I, I remember shot. him. I remember him. He had a really good shot. Powerful really good clapper. Shot. That was he like, had a better shot than Quinn. Oh, maybe. He did. But he had a great clapper. He had a right-handed shot, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was my go-to fantasy defenseman. Yeah. Him and Mike Green. Yeah, he was, he was good, for sure. Vishnovsky. Yeah, back on the Canucks, though. What's what's uh what do you think is gonna happen tomorrow against the Leafs? That's a big game, big game. Hope my boy Abby Jack, Jake Rattanen steps up. Abby Jack, he's Jake gonna Rattanen. fucking light it up tomorrow, bro. I'm calling it. <laughs> Fun fact: Jake Jake Rattanen was born on the same day as me. He was. Eh? He's just younger. Yeah, but uh, a little bit younger. A little bit younger. So, what do you think happens tomorrow? Two average teams going at it. Two average teams going at it, and I think the team that's a little bit better will win. And who do you think that's that the Leafs. is? That's the Leafs, by the way. Let's let's actually look at this team on, on both teams on paper. Okay, go for it. You got whose power play is better? Toronto or Vancouver? I take Canucks power play. Right I think now. right now Vancouver. Who has the best? Who has the best defenseman? Toronto. I would say Canucks. Morgan Riley. I think Quinn Hughes better than Morgan Riley right I don't now, especially. Uh, if you look at the numbers right now, I would say Quinn Hughes is better. Who has the best center? Toronto. <laughs> would you take Matthews over Pedersen? 
I was talking about Tavares, but okay. Tavares has been a dude. Honestly, I'm telling you right now, the Leafs are gonna regret that Tavares signing. How they're can gonna you regret, regret signing it? Tavares? They, watch, they will regret it. Just, just wait. And they're see. going for a cup. You have a chance to sign him. You no, sign him. He's, he's, he's. He was not they the signing for, they should have made. They tried for Stamkos that one year. They signed Nylander. They signed Matthews. They signed Marner, and they they gave Tavares unnecessary money. They should have just built around that those three guys and actually built a proper like you know like good depth around their uh, defensive core and their and their th- bottom six. And now they're stuck with Tavares for whatever, however long he signed for, for ten and a half million dollars. I don't think you can ever say they're stuck with Tavares. Tavares, the Canucks are stuck with Louis. Don't get me wrong; (laughs) they're not stuck with Tavares. You can be, you can be. You don't know how he's gonna. You you know how Tom? People are saying Tom Brady's falling off a cliff. Tavares could fall off a cliff in like two years. No, I don't think so. And the and they still got to sign Morgan Riley in the next few years. So they're gonna they're in a cap they're in crap troubles already. And I think giving as obviously you're not gonna not sign Tavares if you have the chance. Yeah. But I think it's gonna hurt him when it's all said and done. I actually th- I think that Pedersen and Matthews are better than Tavares. Like, if you look at the numbers, it's pretty clear know. who's better. Those two are way better than Tavares. Like the numbers. Well, they're younger for sure. They're better. They're actually better players. You look at the stats; they're actually better. And then you look at uh, uh, I think Matthews and Pedersen is a toss up. Like you could take any one of those players. But um, I would take Pedersen, yeah, not same. being biased, but I would take Pedersen because he has the same amount of points as him right now and less games, and his defensive game is better. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would say his defensive game is better than, than Matthews. But you're not going to regret signing Tavares, especially if you win. Do you if think you win, it doesn't matter. Win? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't think... Th- Who you knows? know what? They were one game away hey. from beating Boston last year. I just think that matchup against Boston is a tough one for Boston too. I think, I think that if Toronto. let's say let's say um, let's say Toronto won that series, they would have played um, they would have played CBJ. Yes, they would have played CBJ. Now that's a tough matchup for the Toronto Maple Leafs right yeah. there. They were heavy. They were a heavy team last year. They were fast off the. Tra- they were really good off the rush. I would say CBJ would have beat Toronto, and also. People look at the Leafs and how talented they are, and they're a great team. Don't get me wrong; they probably have more talent than the Canucks overall. Like if you look at the, their their team just on paper. Yep. But half of the playoffs, and as we know, in 2011, is staying healthy. And last year against the uh, the, the 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 Bruins, Hyman got hurt right away. He was done. That's a big part of their team right there. I heard uh, Nylander was playing hurt. I heard that Marner was playing hurt. Like. Half of it is staying healthy, and obviously you can't predict who's going to get hurt. But can the Leafs? Do the Leafs have a team that could fight through injuries? Do, like I feel like they're one of the softest teams in the league. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to like hate on the Leafs here. I'm just being honest. They might be the softest team in the league. I don't know about that. They are the softest team in the NHL. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Name me a guy on their team that's willing to just uh, Zach Hyman. That's one guy. <laughs> John Tavares. He's not the same. I don't think he's the same. Like I, I heard they're not even trying Marner on that line. Apparently, uh, Sheldon Keefe or Queef, whatever his name is, <laughs> is uh, is actually trying Marner, Tavar, uh, no Marner, Matthews, and Nylander on on the top line, and putting like Mikhaev and um, Tavares and like uh, some other guy I don't even know on the second line. So think about that. 
I'm guessing, I guess Marner just came back, so they haven't really tried it. But in, at the beginning of the year, they did, and it wasn't working. Tavares got hurt in the beginning of the year, too. But I don't know why he's trying that. It must be because he's not seeing it. Like, And why is Hyman not on that line? That line had a lot of points last year. Why aren't you just putting them back together? Okay, you're, so in des- you're in desperation mode right now. You, you are in 11th place in the Eastern Conference, and you're stacking up one line. So I don't get that. So you said Marner, Matthews, and Tavares? No, they're putting Marner, yeah. Matthews, and Nylander and on a one line. Okay. Why are they doing that if they signed Tavares for $10.5 million? I don't they're know. obviously in panic mode. Who knows? Hey, why is Tyler Myers signed for $7 million or whatever it is? $6 million? $6 million, $7 million? Is it six? Because he right? scores so, goals like he did last yeah. game. He scored one goal. <laughs> Shout out Stein. <laughs> he scored one goal. He's been, he hasn't been great offensively. No. And to be honest, uh, the start of the year, he was pretty good with Edler, and then he tailed off. And ever since Edler's gotten hurt and he's been with Hughes, they've been pretty good together. So we'll see wh- what happens there. But I think that Myers has been he has been decent. He I, hasn't been worth $6 million, I'll admit that. But I don't think he's been as bad as people have been no, saying. No, okay. Tyler's been, Tyler Myers has been a good player. He's been good. Yeah. He's just... Like, some people said he was below average, like, replacement level. Like, I'm just like, no. just stop the disrespect. No, yeah, the word average is getting thrown out there a lot you guys these are, days. You guys, don't, you guys have a fucking <laughs> fake photo on your Twitter, and you guys are just saying that. No, you have a fake photo on your Twitter. I do, but I put, I'm on fucking Periscope right now, man. <laughs> you can see my face. You see me naked. You saw my naked face right now, man. Uh, I, I would never go on Periscope with no fucking beard, but I guess I had to today because we were promoting. So Tanbeer did ask me for a mask earlier. Yeah, I was gonna do the uh, podcast with the mask. SCT season two, episode yeah. five. Is this? Yeah, I think so. SCT yeah. season. Chat the shirts. We're gonna be giving away merch at some point during this episode. So mm-hmm. if you want to win, hey, stay tuned. I believe producer Roger will have to think of a question here. Mm-hmm. And yes, I just got the thumbs up from him as well. Uh, we've got Pavel Barber coming up in a little bit there as well. Uh, Raj will be queuing that one up mm-hmm. as he smiles right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Patterson, mm-hmm. filthiest hands in the league? Uh, it's obviously Patty Kane. Uh, and I don't know about that one, Patterson. I would say Patty Kane, but uh, if it's anybody other than Patty Kane, I'd go Barzell. Barzell. Yeah, I'd go Barzell. McKinnon. I, he is filthy. McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, he's got quick hands, but not the fill. Like, what's the difference between quick and filthy? I think that sounds no, a lot no, of no. Things, there's something. Yeah. The difference between silky hands, quick hands. You know, yeah. I think okay, okay. You know what? McKinnon has quicker hands than Barzell, but Barzell has silkier hands. And to be honest, I'd rather have silkier hands. So I'd rather smoother. have like he's smoother, smoother okay. and you know, soft. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I don't know where this is going right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tomorrow's game. Should we go back to the? I don't know where where to go with this right now. Where, where, where should we take this? Tomorrow's game. I'm Tomorrow's pumped. Game. I'm gonna miss Are you going? Uh, no, I'm missing the oh. third period, but um, I'll be watching the first two periods, and I'll be, I'm excited to see what this... If this team wins... Against the Leafs. To, against the Leafs tomorrow... Then you're then, do you think that's a statement game? Like, I know the Leafs haven't been this good. This homestand... But... Uh, this, this whole month is a statement. You have to <laughs> legit... You have to pick up points. Like, like you, you got through November. Playoffs, yes. You got through November... Uh, you know they were five. They went through on the road slide. trip. They pretty went much, right? slide, yeah. Um, they never like last year. They 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 you know they they crumbled. They fucking fell down. You know, like it was bad. It was terrible. But this year, um, this team actually found a way to get through it. 
and now you have to find a way to take advantage of this fucking homestand because as soon as the Canucks lost to that back to back, the second game in the back to back against Edmonton, the players started making excuses saying that the travel and that's you know I thought we played pretty well and I thought they did I thought they were the better team against Edmonton uh, on the back to back at home but you lost that game and you never even got a point out of it so and you guys were making excuses about it and, and honestly. I'll give you the excuse. Like, that's a reasonable excuse. You go, you get off a six-game uh, road trip. You come back home and you play it fucking right away. That's a that's a shitty schedule, NHL. Shitty schedule. But now that they have no excuses, they don't have an excuse to fuck up this homestand. Fuck up this month. You have to take advantage of it. If you're a playoff team, you will. If you're not, then you're mediocre. <laughs> I mean, average teams, you know, can always take advantage of it as well. Mediocre. Yeah, is there a difference between mediocrity and average? We actually searched up the definition before. We found it to be the same. <laughs> yeah, it's the but same. I mean, it's just the average and mediocre is the same. Does mediocre have a bit of a more of a negative connotation? Maybe. To be honest, I don't even give a fuck about it's what that person wrote, man. I don't care. I'm no. excited to see what this team's doing. And they're a better if me- team. Than if last mediocre year. and average gets you into the playoffs, then hell yeah. yeah. All you need to do is make it. Oh the yeah, then you got right? a chance. And you got right? a shot. Yeah. So I'm down with that, but I'd rather have this team be elite. You know, I'd rather have them... They're trending towards elite, but they're yeah. not there. They're not above average yet either. Yeah, we'll see what There's happens. There's a few more steps oh. that they need to take, a few more pieces that they oh, need to There's a long ways to go, not even half the season. But 30 games through the season, we sort of know what this team is now. Yeah. So I want to see them make improvements as they go now. Like, they were, they're blowing leads a little bit, and Harmon said that it was just, you know, overblown. And I hope it is, because I don't want to see no more blown leads. Like, it's hard to watch. <laughs> Especially for Tanbeer. I think every yeah, I every loss really affects Tanbeer. It does. Like it's like like the players are like his, his brothers, I feel like. No, they're not my brothers. Like but his brothers. They're almost like cousins, you know? Like the same thing. It's like having like a hundred like you Nurse know cousins. we have like a hundred cousins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> but Jeez. yeah. I mean the losses don't hurt anymore though. Right now they don't hurt not you? for me, no. Like honestly, this year is like a win-win situation almost. They're a better team, and they're exciting. They're better. Yeah, like it's a win-win they're situation. You you win, you make the playoffs, you get rid of the stress of not having to deal with that first-round pick with Tampa, right? Like you make the playoffs, yeah. you accomplish your goal. Now they have like a what is it like a seventeen or whatever pick in the first round. If you miss the playoffs, you keep your pick in a deep draft, and you have a chance to win the lottery, right? So that's a win-win situation for the team, in my opinion. Um, but then it also puts that's the only shitty thing is you have the stress of having to make the playoffs the year after, and um, that shouldn't be stressful. It if is stressful. If you're taking fan, steps forward, yeah. But as a fan, it that. is stressful, and you you, you want to anything could happen. Look at the Flames. You they were one of the, the yeah, Flames, man. No, they've look at the Leafs. Look at team. the Leafs. Look at these teams. The NHL is a tough league, man. Good teams can just fall. Tampa's having a, a tough stretch right now. You know, like, it's hard to be consistent, and you, it's showing right now in the league. Yeah. I always thought for Tampa, if they didn't win the cup that year that they went, it was it 2015 against the Blackhawks? 2016. 2016 yeah, or something like that? So, yeah. Then, like, that was it for that team. That's yeah. No. They, they're, being good, they're being a good team. They've been a good team. You know, they've put the team together pretty well. Um, again, it might be the second softest team after the Leafs. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Who's the third softest? Calgary? I don't know about he Calgary. He wants to say Calgary. I, I don't think it is. Calgary. I don't think it is. That's a tough that's a good question. I'd have to look at the rosters. <laughs> but maybe maybe Chicago? 
Chicago. But Chicago is like I was thinking like maybe Montreal. Montreal's they're not no? they're not soft, they're small. But they They've they bite. Been small. They bite. They Montreal, know like Shea Weber, you know. They have like Brendan Gallagher who's a tough Montreal's, tough small guy. They've been a small team for like the last decade. I know, but they're small Gomez doesn't mean is, they're Brian Giantos. But small doesn't mean soft. It means no. like you could be small and feisty. That's what they are. You know? Speaking of that, actually, what did you think of uh, Mason Raymond showing up at Rogers Arena? That was cool. For his boy, Bird. That was cool. He was a player that never got enough respect around uh, the city. Raymond Ballard in the first. He was the like, thrown into Detroit. Into <laughs> I know. I remember Harmon doing an article on The Athletic uh, during the summer, and he was talking about the 2011 team and like how, what made him so good. And Raymond's underlining stats were amazing. Like People forget how good he was uh, and how great he was on that second line was Kessler and Samuelson. So, Michael like, Samuel, he was. Oh my God! Like Mason Raymond was yeah. by, like one of, one of those players where people loved him, but people loved hating on him because he fell down because he <laughs> skated fast. <laughs> it's like Jake Vertan in here. Hey, he broke. It, he Jake's almost, not at Raymond's level. He broke his back for this team. Exactly. Okay. Like he fucking broke his back, man. Jake, J- put some Jake, respect on Raymond's name. But saying that if Jake's not at Mason Raymond's level, but he's just as bipolar. Jake, though, no? no, he's just as bipolar. Like there's people that love him. Like myself, like I, I think he's a good player. You're, you're, you're gonna. Live and then there's that people that hate him, like you and them. I don't and hate Stein, Jake Vertanen, Terry, Stein, and Jason, who said he would buy me a Jake Vertanen jersey if he scores twenty. So hopefully Jake scores twenty. Um, I don't. Hate that's why Jake I love Jake because I want that jersey, man. That's why I want to see Jake Vertanen do well. I really do. When they drafted him, I thought that and was the he's right on pick pace for forty-one points, leads the team in hits. Um, playing well on that third line, no power play time, ju- only twelve minutes a night, but he's producing. But people will still hate. I just feel like there's people so much. Still more, there's so much more there. Though. There is more, and guess what? He's only twenty. Was he twenty two? He's twenty. He's twenty two. Turning twenty three. He's turning twenty three. Yeah, turning twenty three. Or no, he's already turned twenty three. He's already turned twenty three. Yeah. yeah, he's ninety seven, right? He's ninety six. Ninety seven. He's ninety six. Look it up. up right August seventeenth, nineteen ninety six. Okay, so we he's ninety six. Yes. Okay. So he's twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. He's still pretty young, man. He's yeah. you know, have you not noticed like the the small improvements he's made in his I, like I during his ho- like yes. in his hockey IQ? Like last game, small he shoots it off the small. pad right to Russell. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He meant to shoot it off. He the probably pad? goes around and then tries to wrap around there, like on a two on one. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe he would have shot rated at his crest. So at least yeah, maybe, he's trying yeah, to pick a corner. He's right? He's trying to figure it he's out. He's trying to pick a corner. He's on pace for forty-one. I think he. Get, I think he could be better. I think he could be better than forty-one points. So, the puck's not going in for him right now, but it will start going in again. And he's picking up assists right now, so it's nice to see. What do you think about the penalty kill this year, though? This, uh, I hate to say it, but they are missing Brandon Sutter right now. They're missing Brandon Sutter. They're missing uh, Alex Edler. That's two really important players on the penalty kill. But if, if Mason Raymond always fell down, and Alex Edler can't hold onto a stick. Um, he breaks his stick. Same thing. Um, he loses them a lot. Alex Edler's great. He is going to go as one of the most underrated players in Canucks Would history. you say he's the best defenseman right now in Canucks history? I said he was last uh, last podcast. I don't believe it anymore. I just <laughs> think that Quinn Hughes is just so good. No, Quinn will be, but he's right made now me flip flop. I'm sorry. Oh, so <laughs> he's made me flip flop, Uncle. He's made me flip flop. <laughs> flip flopping once again. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but I'm saying right now, as it stands, we're not going to count Flip Quinn Hughes yet. Huh? We're not going to count Quinn Hughes yet. Quinn Hughes is great. He is <laughs> incredible. Is great. I'm saying, would you say Alexander Edler is right now the best defenseman in Canucks history? Yeah, right now he is. In I don't know he about is. that. He I is. still don't know about that. You know, honestly, I, I saw Olin play bit, a lot, but I didn't see, like, I don't remember 
like when they were like making those uh like like i don't remember him as much like i was a kid i wasn't like watching the game you're to analyze a, it right? you're, you're younger than me no exactly no, what i'm saying is when i was a kid i wasn't watching the game to analyze it like i am now like now i'm like watching these players i'm yeah. seeing them play and i'm like oh that's a mistake like as a kid you're not like really thinking about oh he made a fucking mistake get rid of him you know i'm not thinking about that i'm thinking about winning like the team winning the game and whatever it takes like i remember matt cook you know uh and and marcus now's and combining for that goal uh against calgary. against calgary like i remember that shit right like and uh like dan kuchi letting that goal in against nick lidstrom like i remember that but i don't remember the in-game action because i was a kid i was like in grade three grade four right like how am i supposed to remember that but obviously olin was great the numbers back it up and when i saw him play when I, what i remember he was great but i think alex with matthias olin it was um he did a lot of the little things well yeah a exactly. lot of the smaller things. Obviously, he wasn't the same sort of a point producer as Edler. Even Salo. Even Salo was very underrated. Good. He was really good. Very, when very he good player. played, he was really, really good. Really good. He used to healthy. Yeah. What a trade, though, eh? Peter Schaefer for Sammy Salo. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember. I used to remember Peter Schaefer. So, I do remember oh, Peter Schaefer. I remember Peter Schaefer. I remember he, him. But you I don't know the name. The, I don't, don't remember, remember the trade. No. I remember See, Peter Schaefer. I think it was like January or February. I remember Peter like Schaefer came to the Canucks like at the end of his career. He like had yeah. a PTO. Yeah, you don't remember Peter Schaefer though back in the day. That's it, terrible. It was a, <laughs> you're, really, you're younger than he me. He was a first round pick, right? Peter Schaefer was. Yeah, exactly. See, I do remember Peter Schaefer. I just don't remember the trade. I'm going to throw names at you right now. Okay. Trevor Litowski. Yeah, I remember him. Todd Warner. Was he the one with the... No, that was... Uh, I can't remember what number he was, but Todd Warner. Was he the one with the uh, yellow visor? Who was uh, that? No. That was Rafal... No, that wasn't Rafalski. That was uh, Richinski. No, oh, that was Eric Weinrich. Huh? Weinrich, yeah. My, yeah, you, don't exactly, know, yeah. you don't know freaking yeah. Todd Warner, dude. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Okay, yeah. do you know... God, who... I know some random players. Frank Jan Halavic. Halavic? Yeah. No. H-L-V-A-C. No. Come on. Murray Barron. Yeah, I remember him. Brian Helmer. No. Raja does not know Brian Helmer either. That's crazy to me. Yeah. How do you not know these names? One year, man, makes a difference. One year, yeah, makes a difference. It's only one year. Like Raja, I get because he's a few years younger, but yeah. he's a year younger. You know what? I started watching, uh, I, watched, I started watching kind of like grade three, grade four. Okay. Well, for me, it was like kindergarten. Grade yeah, four. exactly. Grade three, grade four. Like, from what I remember, I don't like, like, you obviously like see the games when you're a kid, yeah. but you don't pay attention. Like, I played hockey way more than I watched it when I was a kid, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was the opposite. So, mm-hmm. that's. I think we're about to get Uncle Ali. Oh, on my the God. Line you here. guys got to bring this guy on every fucking time? I think so. I think so. Oh, we'll, God. You know, we'll hold off on Pavel Barber for a bit because I think we're going to have Uncle. Yo, man, stop with this. I can hear uh, him on the, on the phone Uncle right now. talk, man. Uncle, man. He's your best friend. Yeah. I have to say, Uncle does support the pod, he, he does. supports SCT. Uncle, thank you. I'm going to say it to you right now. I don't know if you're watching right now, but I know you're on the line. I'm going to be on. nice to Uncle today. On, get your headphones in. I'm going to be super nice to Uncle today. I'm a nice guy. I'm a very nice guy, Uncle. Uncle, are you there? Hey, my man, Ryan. How are you doing? What's going on, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? What I do, baby? Good, good. Hey, Flip Flop, how are you doing? <laughs> Mr. Flip Flop here. Oh, you hung up? Oh, you hung up. <laughs> Don't go just hang up. Uncle. Okay, hold on. We're going to try to get Uncle back on the line. Yeah, okay. We're calling him back. Uncle. Flip-flop. How's it going, though? I'm doing great, man. Yeah. I'm loving the way Hopefully the Hopefully, we can playing. get Uncle on. Okay, hold on. I think we got him. Uncle, hello. What, what happened? I don't uh, know. Tanbir, you cut me off? I might no, have been down I, here. I have no phone, Uncle. 
has okay. no phone. Okay. I'm clip popping everywhere today. So how How's you going? been, Tanvir? You Uncle blocked B- me, so Un- I, I, I'm not able to see, uh, you know, your homerism lately. How's it going? I'm doing good. Uh, before I get uh, talking with you, I, I just hope that your niece is doing well. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, okay she's doing. Now. She's doing good. She's home now. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate the yeah. um, the thoughts. Yeah. And for all of Kanak Nation that uh, give sending uncle uh, best wishes, I appreciate from everyone. Thank you, guys. Uh, Set retweet that. So, oh, <laughs> I love uh, I love the background there on the Periscope. I got your uh, Twitter handle uh, picked there. But yeah, uh, Uncle, uh, what's uh, what do you think the team, how the team's doing right now? Like, you think they're doing well, or are you still hating? Or well, no, no, no. I'm I, I'm not hating. I I I like certain parts of the team, but overall, I don't like the general body of work of Jim Benning. I think everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I think Quinn Hughes actually he's really surprised me. Mm-hmm. I never thought this guy is going to be this good this fast. Me neither, man. And me neither. And the beginning of the year, I thought you know Kale Makar is at a different level, but Quinn Hughes is uh, is quickly closing the gap. It's uh, it's a very good surprise. I think he will have the Calder Trophy this year. I think he will win it. Like he's the power play has looked incredible with him, and uh, it's been the best in the league since he's been on it, right? Yeah, well, K- Kale Makar is, is hurt now. You know, it all depends how long he's going to be out. But, you know, uh, when he's uh, feeding the puck to, you know, Landeskog going to be back. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, McKinnon. And they got very high-powered offense. Yeah, so we're scoring goals tough. too, man. We're it's scoring goals too tough. right now. You know it too. We're scoring goals. Elite-level goal scoring right now, right? Yeah, but, you know, they had Landeskog was out. And, uh, and what's his name? Brandon yeah, yeah. was out. Yeah, yeah. So, once these guys are back, you know... Uh, Fully, uh, they're probably going to uh, win the cup, right? Going on all cylinders, you know. Colorado's going to be at a different level. Just watch out. They're going to win the cup, right? Colorado, you know, I've liked the way J- Joe Sakic has been building that team. It's taken a little bit longer, but he's done some really good work. You know that uh, trade with Ottawa. Yeah, it changed uh, everything. That right? was, you know, that was uh, brilliant. The way he pulled that off, that was. Brilliant. There was uh, people like uh, you guys ca- uh, calling for his head, weren't you? Before? No, nope, never, never. I remember. Never. Joe Sakic. I remember. Nope, Joe <laughs> I've never called for Joe Sakic's head. But I think he was, he was close Joe to getting his head chopped and, off, though. And, and Cam Neely, two wonderful uh, boys with roots in BC. Mm-hmm. They they have been uh, amazing uh, uh, executives. They yeah, have Joe Sakic has done an excellent job. But guess what? It took patience, all right? Like, there was people, like, wanting to chop his head off. Like, there were people, like, that were down. Like, they wanted to get rid of him. They were at, at at a moment like it was going bad for the franchise. They were last place almost every year. It felt like you know Duchesne and Landeskog, and once Rantanen came, it changed the game. Yeah, they well they hit on some of their draft picks. Number one, they made some good moves. Um, but the thing is, if you look at uh, his trades, he's done very well in trades. That's something Jim Benning has to learn to do, and he's not done uh, good good work on the trades yet. If he can learn, which I don't think he can. You know, this team, uh, I think that the trade with Florida for Jared McCann, yeah, uh, that one. that set the team back a few years. If he didn't make that stupid deal, <laughs> you know, we have Jared McCann, we have uh, Alex Trebinkett. Okay. This is a totally different team. And this team is way far ahead. And they have then they will have chips to uh, trade for good defense. But right now, you look at the defense, Quinn Hughes, uh, uh, what else after that? Nothing. You will have for me, he's a write-off. They have nothing else coming after that, so really have did to focus on the Did you hear what, hap- what Rafferty on, did today? I know, I know Rafferty's a wild card, but he had like three, four points tonight. 
20 points in 25 yeah. games now. Okay, that that's good. But, yeah. uh, you know, the NHL is a different game. Uh, yeah, Rafferty, is, is, he, he might turn out well. But they don't have any Shua short blue chip uh, uh, prospects on the back end uh, other than other than Quinn Hughes. And that yeah. uh, should be concerning to all Canucks fans. Yeah, like who's going to replace Edler and Tanev? That's a big question. I think Hughes could replace Edler, but who's going to replace Tanev, right? Like that's a that's a tough. One. I think I think the stupid move was to far, uh, to go after Myers. You know who's coming up this this uh, this year is going to be what's his name, uh, the guy in Toronto there, uh, Tyson Berry. He's going to be coming up. Alex Pietrangelo is coming. Mm. up. They should have waited one more year instead of investing six, wasting not investing, wasting six million on Tyler Myers. That uh, was a stupid move. And if people will see. Give it a few years. Right now, people. Uh, think you know it's a good move. The guy is making six million a year. How many points he has defensively? He's not a stalwart. Yeah. He's not a Kristanov. Offensively, what has he done? The pair, the pairing with him and Hughes money. have been be- like have been good the last few games. It's small sample size, but they've been good. Um, wh- what do you think about the JT Miller trade now? JT Miller trade. I I I I'm very consistent since day one. I've been very consistent. Uh, Tampa Bay was in a tough position, just like Matt Sakaris put out there. And mm. uh, Ray Ferrero said the same thing today. Yeah, if he you did. Listen to him. But he said the same thing as Uncle has been saying from the beginning. JT Miller, very good player, but they paid too much because Tampa Bay was in a in a bind. They were in a salary cap bind, and J- and Jim Benning should have taken advantage of him, which he didn't. Um, I look at it like this now, Uncle. At that time, I felt like, yeah, you probably paid too much to get JT Miller. But now you're looking at it like, what is JT Miller worth now? What are we getting back for JT Miller? If we, we're not trading JT I'm not saying we're trading him. But what is he worth? He's worth a first-round pick right now, isn't he? Like, a te- like if a team offered us, if, if we were, let's say we were, like, hypothetically we were trading JT Miller, we would be getting way more back for what we gave up. And he's been a better player for us than we thought he would be. Like I was expecting like 60 points. I'd be happy with 60 points. This guy's already at 30, uh, 30, 31 points. He's already has 13 goals. He had 13 goals all last year. He's been great for us. And I know we might have gave up too much to get him. But I can't imagine this team without him right now. No, he's a good player. There's no doubt. Nobody can argue that he's a he's yeah. a wonderful player. Very good surprise. Mm-hmm. But and we don't even know who the player uh, is that we picked. Is a who very very pick? good draft. This is a generational draft, mm-hmm. and there's no way the Canucks should have given up, potentially given given up their first round draft pick this year because that is going to be uh, it's going to be something. I think it's going to be very very significant. So when we look back, who's going to go in that position that Tampa Bay is going to draft? Mm-hmm. You will see there's going to be a very, That's, very good player there. Yeah. And they should have done everything they could have to keep this this number one draft pick. If they had given something else, I'd say, you know what, I, 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 I would have supported this trade. Mm-hmm. But so, this upcoming draft, there's no way they should have given up this first round pick. Is no it way. fair to say that, okay, the trade was bad, but we don't even know who the player is that Tampa picked? And I know it's a deep draft, but don't get me wrong, it's a deep draft, but we know what we have in GT Miller now, but... You can look at it. Let's say they do miss the playoffs, and that's—I'm guessing—that's your—that's what you want. You want that pick in this year's draft, and you make the playoffs next year. It could be, a, and the the player that Tampa picks next year is not good. You won't even know who the player is yet. Like I feel like we're judging this trade without even knowing what's going to happen. Like I can't—you can't say the trade is good right now, and you can't say the trade is bad because we don't know who the player is that Tampa is going to take. Well, Ed, Elliot Friedman is on record to say that no other team offered the n- number one uh, uh, first-round pick. Yeah. I take Elliot Friedman. He's very plugged in. 
And but I know, think to that, was that is very seconds. concerning for me because Jim Benning has not been a good negotiator mm-hmm. in 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 uh, trades. This is his history, and this is something I told Aquiluni when I talked to him. I said, Jim Benning, he's made some good uh, draft picks, but his trade record is not good. You need to get him help. Uh, with trades, unfortunately, it looks like so far they have not done that. Aquilini, they had, uh, Looney has not taken your advice. He was calling you out on Twitter. When? <laughs> when he said that, uh, well, how about that JT Miller trade now? <laughs> to all the well, haters. you know, he's, he's uh, well, <laughs> if, I should ask how, how much uh, water he's been giving the <laughs> oh farmers lately. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there. Uncle yeah. is more classy than that. But... Uh, it's 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 okay. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's but, a long uh, it's a long I, process. I hope Jim Benning's not around too much longer, mm-hmm. and uh, the next GM that comes is going to be smarter and uh, really take this team. Known as built the last uh, Stanley Cup uh, championship, mm-hmm. I think Jim Benning is going to have uh, the Stanley Cup contending team. I think Jim Benning is going to have a good hand, but he's not the one who's mm-hmm. going to take us there. Do you think way. if a new GM comes in that he should like go up green too? Uh, I, th- I I've been calling. F- I've predicted at the beginning of the year, Jim Benning and Travis Green. They're not gonna last the whole year. I think they're gonna be gone at the end of the year. J- uh, Green, Travis Green. He's he's had his chance. He has a good team this year. We see that he is not a good coach. But a good we don't coach know what's gonna happen this, this team. Year. More discipline. You see how they they playing with the lead. That's bullshit. You um, cannot do that. Boy Genius just came on and he said that it's uh, overblown. The lead. What's that? Uh, Boy Genius, Harmon Dale. He yeah, just yeah, came yeah. on our pod and he said it was overblown because you look at that Washington game, they only allowed seven go- uh, seven points and it was a stinker by Markey, right? Markey never had the best game. Like, I know they blew the lead, but they only allowed like seven shots and they outchanced Washington that game, but it just happened that Mark- Markstrom didn't, uh, didn't have a good period. That Pittsburgh game, that's probably one game where you could look at and say that it was, bl- it was a blown lead. But then uh, he said that the Buffalo game, um, that the fourth goal that they scored, the four five four goal, was deflected off Hughes' stick, and like it was just bad luck. And he says it was, it's overblown. Well, well, who who was who was on for four goals in that Buffalo game? Guess who? Was the it third three three million dollar third fourth line center, Jay Beagle. Mm-hmm. So you know what? What the hell? Why is he on the <laughs> team? He's on the yeah, team no, I for agree. defensive That's presence. One thing I don't to bring don't leadership. Like right what the hell is he doing? Mm-hmm. There has to be accountability. You know, yeah. these guys coming in to teach the young guys. What are you teaching the young guys? Mm-hmm. All right, I got to ask you one thing. You are, uh, I guess, one of... I mean, Uncle's a very knowledgeable fan, yeah, right? He knows right, yeah, he knows his stuff. He definitely shit. knows his stuff. Average, mediocre, what is this team? This t- <laughs> I have to ask. Uh, I, I need these, to ask uh, These betting bros, I tell you. You know, mediocre, average. What's same the difference? Stuff, right? Tell me. I don't know. What's it's the, the same. Difference? There we, is a difference. Huh? I don't think there is a difference between average and mediocre. I no. guess the team is, is no, average, it's team's not. mediocre. The thing is, okay, okay when, when we say mediocre, eh, people take it to be a little bit on the negative side. But unfortunately, you know, there's people who own optical stores. Uh, they go ballistic when they hear the slightest things about, uh, slightest negative thing about, about, the, about the Canucks. But in actuality, if you look at where they are in the standings, they are a mediocre team. Nobody can argue with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they're fifteen and fifteen. They're mediocre. They're average. There's a lot they're of mediocre. average teams right now, Uncle. Like Tampa Bay is playing average. Toronto's playing average. Uh, you know, San Jose is playing average. Vegas is playing average. Calgary's playing average. There's a lot of average teams it, right now. The, the, it's called parity. It's Gary Bettman's yeah. NHL. This is what he wants. This mm-hmm. is what he loves. Yeah, he loves parity. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. <laughs> Predictions for tomorrow's game. What do you think, Leafs? 
Sorry? Predictions for tomorrow's game. What do you think about the Leafs, Vancouver, who who wins? You know, I was actually at the game last year, man. It was a good game. The atmosphere was amazing. Oh. I was sitting behind the net. Um, but uh, it, it'll be a good game. You know, I think it's going to be a very offensive game. It's going to be a very good game for entertainment. But uh, I have to I have to think the Canucks are going to take it uh, tomorrow. Okay. That's the way to go. Go Canucks. Yeah. Uh, see, in Tenbear, you have to understand, Uncle not Canucks hater. Yeah, Uncle loves the Canucks more than anyone, mm-hmm. but Uncle wants to see Cup, not mediocre team. Uncle wants to see smart moves by GM, and this GM not making enough smart moves. So that's why I criticize. Ultimately, I want to see Stanley Cup. We all do. We all do. We all want to see Stanley yep. Cup. Okay, well, it was nice having you on, Uncle. Uh, okay, um, you you can unblock no me now. Okay? No, no fighting for a change. It's pretty nice. Okay, boys. Uh, Have a good night. Yeah. Thanks, Uncle. Okay. Okay. Bye, bye. That was a nice conversation. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It's it a was, nice conversation. It was, uh, I, I like. I understand what he's trying to say. It's just sometimes that uh, you know, it gets a, a little too much. You know, like complaining about. Passionate. Yeah, he's passionate for he's, sure. He's rational too. I yeah, feel yeah. like. Like he knows he's what really he knows what he's talking about. Like I understand, but like, like the JT Miller stuff is interesting. Like people are saying it's a bad trade. People are saying it's a good trade. I don't think you could say it's either right now. Like, I think right now you could say it's a good trade. Yeah, but right, you can. But that's at this moment. Like, that can change at the end of the season. Like, he's playing this good, but guess what? What we've been saying all day. This team is probably still average. This team is average. And he's been playing lights on. out. Yeah. He's been playing lights out. And this team's still average. So you could make the argument, was it the right time to make that trade? But mm-hmm. I think that the team is trending up, that... I, th- I think they will be above average when it's all said and done. Like, I think that with the power play and with being able to, like, get camp- – first off, this team has a lot of new faces. And they're still – like, 30 games in, you're still trying to build that camp. Like, I don't care what people say. Like, Myers and Hughes are a new pair, right? Like, there's still some, like, Roussel, Gaudet, Vertanen. That's a new l- forward line. Levo, Pearson, Horvat, that's also a new forward line. Like, you're, str- you're still trying to, you know – figure out the chemistry in the room right like and on the ice and that's why i think that when it's all said and done they will be above average but uh you know i can understand when people are saying they're mediocre because there's times where this team can frustrate and and that's why you know do you know what average teams do that and what elite teams do then uh, average teams don't go on long winning winning streaks and losing teams like uh, uh, average teams don't go on long winning streaks. Elite teams go on long winning streaks. That's why this 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 stretch coming out here, they have to go on a winning streak if they want to make exactly if they wanna, you know the make theme it. Theme of today's show: they're average. They can be elite, and uh, right, right now they are average. We've got Pavel Barber. Mm-hmm. We did chat to him earlier, and he had some interesting things to say. Uh, take a listen. And joining us now on the SCT show is uh, probably somebody who has some of the filthiest mitts in, I guess, the world, I'll say. It's uh, Pavel Barber. Pavel, uh, how's it going? <laughs> oh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's going well. Um, hey, Pavel. I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, watch all the Instagram uh, videos, working with those kids and working with some NHL players. An NHL player uh, that plays here in Vancouver, Jake Vertan, uh trained with you last summer. Did he train yeah. with you this summer? I, I didn't see any videos out there from Jake this year. <laughs> yeah, not this summer. I was on the on the road uh, pretty well all summer in the East Coast there, so didn't get on the ice with him then. Um, uh, have you seen any improvements in his uh, 
was a stick handling and puck protect puck protection work uh you know i think he got a he had like a five point improvement uh the year after and this year he's on pace for 41 points are you seeing the improvements in his game yeah i think he's he's definitely more comfortable with the puck um you know i think he he's a player who knows his skill set he's a big body uh very fast player he's got a pretty good shot so um i think something that plays a bit to his strengths is uh kind of simplifying a bit um i don't think he needs to be or wants to be like a like a patrick kane or something like that where you're necessarily dangling through guys sticks or uh weaving as much as he is but he's uh definitely using that that body to his his advantage to protect the puck and kind of drive through defenders and you you definitely see him holding onto the puck a little bit longer which uh which is great i think he's buying himself more time to play with guys like Pedersen. Uh, anytime you can get that guy the puck, good things happen. So it's, it's looking pretty good. What would you say might have been the biggest uh, weakness in Jake's game when you first met up with him? Uh, well, I just think, uh, you know, overall, just puck control was was where I thought he could use the, the biggest improvement, especially just looking at his other skill sets, right? He's such a, such a strong skater, uh, big body, uh, again, just got a great shot. So I think anytime you got a player with those skill sets, you want to heighten, uh, his ability to handle the puck just because if we can get that guy to more dangerous scoring areas, you're going to see a lot of, uh, production out of it. And I think it was more, more along the lines of the small area game stuff, the small area stick handling where he needed most work. I think at high speeds, he was pretty good. Um, Definitely wanted to see him get more aggressive, cutting defenders off when he's driving wide on them. But uh, I think the small area stuff was what he needed uh, the most work on, so we spent uh, quite a bit of time on that. Uh, we have a couple of great young players that play here in Vancouver. I don't know if you get to watch them out here in the West Coast, but a young player that uh, this year that's been making a, uh, that's been impressing me in so many ways, not just with his defense uh, offensive game, but his defensive game is Quinn Hughes, and he's got some silky mitts too. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Yeah, he uh, he is a phenomenal puck handler, um, and I, I always tell people he's exactly what the Canucks needed, just a guy with good poise at the point, a guy who can confidently and comfortably break the puck uh, into the offensive zone, and you, you, you see him with pressure on him when he's last man back of the blue line, and he is, he is not scared, and that is uh, you know an elite player and just an elite puck carrier. Are you surprised with the point production that him and Kill McCarr are having right now in the in the league? And I'm surprised, you know, was, was it like two? Uh, these guys are both um, up there with like the statistics I saw was like Brian Leach was in that category for his 30 games with points and assists and everything like that. Like, are you surprised with uh, these two guys and what they're doing right now? Certainly, yeah, and and not surprised in the fact that I didn't think they were good. I knew they were good. Um, and I knew where the game was going, you know, points, uh, point totals in general are going up and, and it's great to see our, our game get back to that point. But, uh, I mean, at the rate and the pace that they're, they're going, uh, it's certainly, uh, surprising to see. And, um, you know, you, you can only imagine how good these guys are going to get, uh, you know, just coming into their rookie season. Uh, especially a guy like Makar. I mean, I watched him in the, in the playoffs and he's a rookie, he just jumps right in there and looks like he's a veteran. Um, you know, he has players like Nathan McKinnon just raving about him, which is pretty high praise. Um, and I think, uh, you know, on the note, Quinn Hughes, just, uh, when you see him play, play alongside, uh, you know, guys like Pedersen, it's, 
it's pretty pretty fun to watch. It's it's really fun hockey, and it's just it's great to see them produce. Uh, speaking of Quinn Hughes here, who's the best defenseman that you've seen, or I guess I should say, which defenseman has the best hands? I guess that you've ever seen play. Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, obviously Eric Carlson would be uh, the first one that that would come to mind. I mean, he was a guy who just he was like a forward. I mean, people were were just shocked at how he was carrying the puck up the ice and, uh, you know, the amount of points he was getting and, and how he was breaking into zones. I think he's, he's one of the best. Um, I think, uh, you know, another Swede, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, even though he's only been in the league a, a year and a bit, uh, his hands are unbelievable. I watched him play a, a ton in, in Sweden, um, and it was uh, really, really great to watch. Uh, Hiskinen uh, from Finland, he's he's another great one. So I think out of those three, at least in the league right now, uh, those are the three that uh, kind of come to my mind. Who would you say has the best hands in the league, and where would Pedersen rank in your uh, in your like top five, top ten? Yeah, so I mean, number one to me is is Patrick Kane. Uh, he's he. he He's my, uh, you know, guy I use for a lot of examples. Uh, I think not only is are his hands good, he just knows where and when to use them so well. Um, he'd be number one for me. Um, I would have uh, McDavid at number two, McKinnon at number three, uh, and then it'd probably be a, a brawl between uh, Barzell and Pedersen for my number four spot. I, I love both of those guys. Um, I made a list last year with Sportsnet, and I left Pedersen off it, but only because that was a top ten list. But only because he he was a rookie, and uh, I wanted to see him play a full season. But I mean, after ten games, I was like, man, this guy has like you know top ten hands in the league. It was it was ridiculous. I think he he shocked a lot of people. But again, just anyone who who watched uh, him play in Sweden probably wouldn't be too shocked. I mean, he he's been doing this stuff for. For many many years, he's like almost automatic in the shootouts too. He uses his hands so well in the shootouts. It's like it's nothing I've ever seen before in Vancouver, especially when when you had the Sedins going up and they weren't really good in shootouts. And then you see Pedersen doing the Forsberg and everything. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he uses that same kind of approach coming in every time. Goes with a little bit of speed, kind of slows up, and then just. Uh, you know, either fakes backhand, forehand. He can use the Forsberg. He's got a lethal hard shot as well. Um, you know, going back to the Sedins, it's it's one thing I always try and tell people. It's like you can be so unbelievably good at hockey and even have really good hands, but the shootout's a whole different ball game. I mean, it's it's really uh, something that you have to spend a lot of time working on, being one on one with the goalie, finding those reads, knowing where their weaknesses are, being able to change up your mind at the very last second based on what they're doing um it's definitely an art form and unfortunately the Sedins weren't too good at it but man they were so good at five on five play it really didn't matter for them but uh yeah great to see uh Patterson light it up would you say that the twins had underrated hands though because they I know they spend a lot of time I guess in, in down low in the cycle feeding off of each other and kind of using defensemen as like picks and in, in their own kind of sense there but they were kind of underrated with with their hands as well no Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing with guys like that are, you know, it, it's kind of like Crosby, you know, his hands, he doesn't need to do the kind of things 
that Patrick Kane does because his his puck protection is so good, his body position is so good, his edge work so good, and his his reads are so good. So they'll afford themselves time and space so that they actually don't have to use too many finesse moves. And I think that's something the Sedins really were very good at, just being able to find each other, find that open space, um, and keep that open space just, just through good puck movement, good off-the-puck movement, uh, just very smart players, but those those little skills, you know, picking pucks off the boards, they may not make the highlight reel plays, but, you know, how easily uh, they would do that and just find a guy right after that. I mean, definitely would say they're underrated and just because it's not like the flashiest style of stick handling for them. Exactly. Yeah, not really the flashiest from them, but I mean, it worked, obviously. These are f- future Hall of Fame players. I'm sure hopefully Patterson gets there one day. I mean, What's he on pace for this year? How many, how many goals do you think, Tambir? I think he gets, uh, I would say 30. 30? Yeah. Would 30 be accurate for Pedersen? What do you think there, Pavel? Oh, absolutely. I think he could reach 30 uh, for sure. He'd be around there this year. Um, de- could definitely see him being a 40-goal scorer. Um, you know, just just how how well he, uh, he can put the puck in the net. And it's just, it's just crazy to see a guy like that who you know, is, is not a, a big uh, or a heavy guy by any means get the shot off that hard. I mean, I think he won the hardest shot competition last year for the Canucks, and it's it's all technique. When you watch him shoot, you watch the, the stick flex, and he just knows how to get it off, and, uh, you know, especially that one-timer at the point, I think he could be, you know, putting up a lot of uh, goals, just like o- Ovechkin uh, has his spot there. Pedersen's fine, uh, found his spot over there. Now, I know Petey doesn't really need the advice, but let's just say he comes to you one summer and he asks you for, for some tips. What would you say to him? Oh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's well said, too. Like, you know, guys like that, you think in the NHL, especially Pedersen, it's like you, you think you don't have much to teach, but everyone can always be better. Um, I think for him, just in the in the small areas, like learning to use your stick as an, uh, as a defensive tool when, when you're stick handling. That's always a, a big one for a guy who spends a lot of time in those small areas. Um, and then just always reinforcing like, uh, you know, hip manipulation whenever you're, you're in those small areas there, being able to open, close the hips, look like you're going to make a drop pass or cut down low, um, any of that stuff. But man, I, I watch the guy. There's there's not a whole lot you see in a stick handling that needs fast improvement. I mean, he's pretty well-versed handling the puck. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, uh, it's my job to, to make players better, and I'm always going to be able to find ways uh, to make you better, even if uh, you're the, the best in the game at it. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully we can, I guess, forward this audio to <laughs> Elias Pedersen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe to Jake as well. Maybe to Jake as well. But uh, yeah, so this has been the SCT show. That was Pavel Barber. Uh, Pavel, thanks for, uh, for for doing this with us. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Cool. That was Pavel Barber of uh, of well, I don't know, the silkiest mitts in the world. Pavel Barber. Yeah, he's a great interview. Great interview. Great interview. Yeah. Um, we had a few, we, we had a question, didn't we? Yeah, from a Canucks comic, Canucks BC on Twitter. He asked uh, if the Canucks will make a play for Hall uh, or t- or Barry or both. Barry. I think Barry is more likely. I don't think Hall is. Uh, we don't have to cap for him. You don't Honestly, have you might not even have to cap for Barry. But um, the thing was, Barry is more interesting to see the BC boy. And they would have to clear some cap in to, to get him. And 
if I'm JB or the GM, whoever whoever comes in, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna be. Oh wow, JB, you it think could be it any, might not be JB? It could be it could be anyone. Who knows what happens, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, like you're you're you don't want to pay more than seven and a half or even seven. I would I wouldn't pay more than seven million because you know like these free agent signings, man. Like they don't work out like as much as they used to in the past. Like it's all about drafting and developing and. You know, people are already complaining about the Tyler Myers signing. <laughs> signing. Just imagine what people will say if you gave Barry eight million. Because Tyler Myers wasn't really a good signing. Well, uh, for, not as a player. I'm saying for the money. You could make that argument, but you I'm willi- I'm willing to see what happens with Tyler Myers before I make that decision on if it was a. Right now, he's not playing up to his money. I'll I'll agree, but who knows what could happen when? in the next. Four or five years. When did Tambier get so rational? He's willing to wait and see before. I've always been a wait and see guy, man. I don't know about that. There's a lot of the old school. Always been a wait and see guy. The old school 1040 calls. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about that. I I lost my. uh, I lost myself on those calls, and that's why I don't call anymore as much. You don't call anymore as much. I do. I do call here and there to give Sakaris a piece of his own medicine. Sure. That was the SCT Show, or this is the SCT Show. That was episode 5, I believe. I really don't know what episode we're on. Episode 5, season 2, that's all you need to, to know. Uh, we got merch that we, you know what, we'll give them away eventually. If you want them. Sure Let us know here. if you want them. SCT season. Right Taking over. Or are we? Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. SCT. And that's a wrap. We will one day. That's Country. a wrap. Oh, and now that's a wrap. Yeah. Peace. <laughs>